Welcome back to the TCT Podcast, the podcast where we aim to build different ideas together from an Afrocentric point of view. I'm Anugo. My name is Snuhu. And uh, yeah, man, how you doing? How yeah, you doing this week? all right. Everything has been fine. How was the week for you? Yeah, it was all right, actually. Um, quite chill. Nice. Just normal day-to-day work stuff, work life. Yeah. <laughs> Usual, right? Usual stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I said I was not going to talk about it, but we had to touch your name. And Black History Month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is, it is, yeah. Well, what do you think about that? Well, um, it's becoming a part of, part of the society now. And it is amazing to see that um, this month is dedicated to discussing about a lot of things, unspeakable things that have happened before, and yeah, and unlike it used to be, I mean, a lot of people are getting to appreciate the history, a lot of people are condensing it rather than trying to hide away from it, mm. So, which I think is very important, which is, of course, changing a lot of things regarding how we live our lives, yeah. But like, if you have black history, um, from the perspective of the black British, most of that experience is um, is shrouded in um, oppression, right? Yeah. So if you're learning Black History Month and learning about all the great things uh, that happened for black people from a black British perspective, it's all still tied to the same oppression. So is that is that a healthy way to like celebrate yourself? I think that's my question. Well. Um so that that's a very good question actually which um defines how i take things like for me for instance of course i want to learn about history history is important but i kind of i kind of define how i take in this history my reaction to this history you know um, there is a way you can con- you can consume what has happened before and it would really make change how you, your perspective towards things it would probably make you it would probably define how you look at your next neighbor it, or make you think about people you work with in a different way because they you you, you feel like they have their ancestors have oppressed you before or stuff mm. like that you know so it just dis- depends on perspective if we look at this history with the perspective of oh I want to know what happened to people before so I can know how to manage things in my in, that's happening around me how to pay more attention to affairs and stuff that's probably good good way to handle yeah. it yeah right, right but if you're looking at it as a way of oh i want to know what has happened before so i would know how to deal with people how to be more sensitive about what's happening how to raise flags immediately these or not give people chances like benefit of doubt it's probably unhealthy yeah, yeah. i mean i get i get from the perspective of um being informed about what happened yeah. like your history like that should all like black history should be studied everyone should know about black history but the question comes to should it be celebrated and when i mean celebrated, i'm not talking about black history in general celebrated but black history from the black british perspective because the black british perspective would mostly be from the period of when um they were oppressed from 1600s to yeah. now so 
you should be informed but should that part of the history be celebrated like if you're celebrating the history surely you want to be celebrating the parts that you did well do you get what i'm saying like I agree. like if you're if i'm celebrating black history i want to celebrate the parts of black history where i was good i'm not going to celebrate the parts of black history where i was down right. but you should still be informed and study it but it's a bit weird to celebrate like i feel because i mean i don't know <laughs> that's it just a, sounds yeah yeah that's but, a yeah, yeah, that's a valid point of view. Anyways, before we get into that, was definitely not <laughs> the main topic for this week's episode. We've got some more interesting conversations to have. But before we get into those, uh, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, hit the notification button to stay up to date with our latest videos. And also follow us on Instagram at Things Come Together and the rest of our social media. Uh, details will be in the description below. So let's get into the show. <laughs> Okay, the first topic or conversation is on family versus relatives. Okay. And uh, to provide more context to that, I'll define what family is in this context and what relatives is in this context. So family in this context is defined as the people that take care of you. So whoever takes care of you is your family, right? Whether or not you're like probably just a friend in the neighborhood. Literally whoever, your teacher at school, who, anyone that takes care of you, like, but not a generic taking care of like takes care of you yeah, especially in this way we are all family well <laughs> <laughs> yeah from that from that perspective yeah taking care of people um that's how family will be de- defined um relatives is defined as people that are just related to you by blood um they don't necessarily have to take care of you um they just happen to be related to you so uh the difference is family does like your family doesn't have to be related to you anyone can be your family your friends could be your family your teachers your co-workers anyone that takes care of you is your family and as such they should get family benefits or family treatment however people that are just related to you are just related to you if they are not taking care of you they're not your family so even if you have an uncle brother even i'll go as far as to say parents like your father mother brother sister even if they are related to you but they're not taking care of you they won't be classified as family and you don't have to give them family benefits or family privileges. So the first question is, how do you define family and relatives? And do you agree with that um, current definition based on this context that I just gave? Oh, it's a, it's a very interesting topic, especially with, um, <clears throat> with the way life is going now. Like we are hardly coupled as it used to be in the past where um you see people tightly coupled family relatives always be together working together for one good and stuff now nowadays even parents they hardly want to give a damn about how their kids are doing and stuff so this is like a very interesting one um well i agree with your definition honestly and it's the fact that 
we, 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 we have open-minded to how we define the people who are our family. It's not really pushing people away because they are not related to you by blood. People really want to be in your life. They are working hard to be there for you. They are always there for you 100%. But you just decide, oh, because this, this, this guy is my brother and we are related by blood. We have the same mom. So he should get more benefit than someone who's been there for you reliably, like for probably decades, you know. So, yeah, the definition you have really makes so much sense and... Yeah, it's valid. Yeah. And um, tying this to an Afrocentric perspective, like where we have this family intense culture where everybody's your family. Right. <laughs> like regardless of oh, this this uncle's brother's wife's cousin's friend, wherever <laughs> now they're all family, right? Tell me um, about it. <laughs> so from that perspective, where you have um, family defined that way, but from this particular conversation we'll have that will be classified as relatives. These are just people that are related to me. They've never looked out for me. They're not taking care of me. I've never received any single benefit from them. So technically, they're not really my family from this context. They're just related to me. And that's all good. That doesn't mean um, um, they should be dis disregarded or disrespected. But there is no, um, there's no strong relationship connection there where I have to um, provide family benefits to them if I'm not if I've not received the family benefits of being taken care of by them. So from an Afrocentric perspective, how do we handle um, that scenario where, yeah, nice to meet you. <laughs> You're my dad's cousins, friends, brothers, yeah. child, whatever. But we're not family, we're just relatives. So we need to keep the relationship based on relative level. And the relationship can grow to family if we, if we both if desire. The, yeah, if things turn around. And forth. Yeah. yeah, but if it's not, if it's just... I, because I'm related to you, I have this certain access to privilege to you. Should that still run well, um, in an African setting or context? So, um, I mean, in a, even in an African setting right now, although, yeah, we kind of feel like entitled to people more than usual, but even in an African setting right now, people don't really give so much into the fact that we are related and stuff and then throw away the fact that people have never been there for you. So what I feel is that people are more like being good humans. For me, for instance, even if I don't know anyone, I, I, I refer to everyone in the world as my relatives, even people I've never met before. All humans are my relatives. Then the people who have always been there for me are my family. So I'll probably take this uncle I've never met before who has never been there for me as my relative. And it doesn't mean the fact that he's never been there for me when he shows up, he doesn't get some time with me or doesn't get assistance from me. He does get it because, of course, even if I've never known him before, even if he's not related to me by blood, I'm still going to do those things for him, you know. But, of course, irrespective, even if he's my brother or whatever, if you've not been there for me, then... I mean, yeah. Don't even think about it. Yeah. And it's it's to the point that you you mentioned the entitlement because it's if you're getting introduced to me or we meet in some fashion, and yeah. obviously there's going to be a certain level of respect and regard for you based on the fact that we're related by blood compared to someone who is completely my stranger, right? 
However, it's that it gets down to the point of entitlement. Just because we're related doesn't give you the special privilege. It gives you more privilege than the stranger on the street, but it's not like it's not privy. Uh, it's not like high level yeah, classification. Yeah. Yeah, that, that only comes to the people who are actually family, who are actually giving me the benefits of taking care of me. Those are the ones that deserve that um, reciprocity. But for someone that's just related to me by blood, and you expect from a, like the African say, you know, why yeah. second cousin, third cousins, this person, that. <laughs> Do you know so, what the irony is? Yeah, go on. I've had this discussion with a few people from our setting, Afro setting, of course, and it's always funny how people who have always been there for you feel less entitled to you than people who've never been there. So someone just feels like, oh, this guy is my brother's son. Then I can make him do anything I want. I can push him to do whatever. You know, you know that I can ask for, for, for stuff from him because he's my brother. You know, you know what I'm saying? So, but then there are people who've always been there since you're a kid. They've always motivated you, always checked up on you, always been there for you. And they probably don't feel that entitled to you. So I always wonder why that is. Yeah. And and to the point of if uh, let's say you're like uh, the uncle that doesn't really has never really taken care of you, you have no relationship like that. You're just related by blood, and he makes a re- request in an entitled way, and you refuse. Uh, but then it comes down to the perception that oh, you don't take care of your family. No, I do. <laughs> I take care of my family. Everyone that is my family, but you're not my you're family. You're not my family. You're yeah. just my relation. So <laughs> you don't. Ah, this guy, you've abandoned your family. You've forgotten us. No, I'm not forgotten my family. I remember yeah. every single member of my family. It's just we don't have that relationship. We can build a relationship. So let's start there. If you're reaching out to me as a relation, reach out from the perspective of let's build a relationship to get a family, so that we can benefit both um, from that um, relationship. But it's not to come and cash in on some blood contract i had no awareness yeah. like i couldn't control the fact that i'm related to you because if if trust me if i could choose i'd probably not just be related <laughs> to you, you get what i'm saying so you can't come from that perspective to be entitled so yeah i, I don't know how personal you take this but i <laughs> literally have a list of people who i feel are my family people who i respect a lot mm. people who are my mvp people who i could die for it's funny but those i, I have just two people on this list and I'm not related to these people by blood. Mm, so, mm. like, people I know... I mean, I have this list there and there. Oh, people I don't give anything about. Like, I, I don't care about them. I have this, you know? So, if we can go about to make... To, to like, take this really serious. Because, of course, family and friends is very important to our growth, yeah. our health, our mental health our motivation and stuff and defining properly who are your friends who are your family goes a long way to define who you become in the future so i often find it funny how people take it like lightly you know they, yeah. they, they just don't care like oh everybody's my friend everybody's my family you know they don't literally define the difference between person a and person b in their life yeah 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 and i agree with that and flipping it on its head when you are the person's family when you are taking care of that person but they are not giving you the recognition as family that's also something like you mentioned we need to understand in our culture like there are people that are taking care of you that you're not 
neglecting it doesn't have to be related to you it could be your friends right. that are taking care of you doing family level things for you but you're not giving them the family level appreciation and maybe because you've seen it or oh, i'm not related to this person so i don't need to give that person that but we need to understand if i believe this definition from this context if family is the person that's taking care of you you have to take care of them back and for your relatives if they're not taking care of you they're just your relatives not family and you need to establish that relationship for that to work as a proper unit because you hear situations of um you have someone's uh father who abandoned them as a child right never contributed anything positive to that child's life that child makes it in spite of the absence of their father becomes a somebody and then the father comes back in the life and the person's like nah i don't want to yeah, establish a relationship yeah. and they're like oh you're abandoning your family no i'm not abandoning my family you're, you're not just my fa- not my family yeah you're yeah. just related to me by blood but you're not you're not my family you have to end the right and the privileges to my family it's not just some god-given given right and we misplaced that um we misplace that opportunity also from an African perspective where we don't see the, the, the unit of, okay, if, this, if, if I'm born into this quote-unquote family unit with these people, relation unit, we need to cultivate the time to actually build this relationship up to proper family levels. We shouldn't yeah. just take it for granted that we're relatives and at some point things would align for us. If one of us makes it, then we all make it. No, we have to help each other build up so that if one of us does make it then there is an onus on that person to help the other people come through but if everybody's just going about their lives but rest, resting assured that i have this brother i have this uncle i have this cousin and if something goes wrong i can rely on them i think it's the wrong way to look at um that that uh, relationship dynamic from That's an african right. setting I, I, I feel like from an african setting we just take it too lightly like we kind of take advantage of the fact that we 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 are a tight community you know so from my family for instance <clears throat> whether or not i've met someone or or whether or not i've never heard about them or i know they exist but they don't care about me my parents want us to always think about ourselves as family you know, and I be, I want to believe that is how it is in all other settings, all, all in all other in all other units. So these thoughts make you feel like, oh, I don't have to respect the fact that I'm family with this person because by default, whether or not I do anything right or wrong, whether or not I'm in, I'm available in their life, I'm still their family. But that's the default. Yeah. So me doing more to be part of their life is like, oh yeah, I'm now a great guy. So our bar is just too low mm. so now we just have to become more sense sensitive you know we we have to be there for for ourselves more often than we currently do and of course we have to expect more from people who call themselves our family yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah yeah i agree with all that and uh, the second part of the conversation that le- this leads to is if we do define family as this, as well as we just define it as, as the people that do take care of us, right? So we know they have our best intentions, uh-huh, and we are trying to reciprocate that value back to them. How do you handle or navigate the situation where you feel 
your values and the people you call family not just relations the people you call family people that are taking care of you your values or your direction or your motive or ambition or where you're trying to go don't align or there are certain let's say practices or ideologies or ways of life or certain circumstances around them that are holding you back from your own like um perspective how do you navigate that relationship knowing this is your family? It's not just a relative. It's not just someone related by blood. This person is taking care of you, does have your best intention at heart. How do you navigate that situation where you feel okay, you don't really align or they might be holding you back from a, a, yeah. a, a certain context? Yeah. yeah, so this is a very sensitive situation because usually when people are your family, these people have the best interest like they really want to see you do great things right so and most times most often than not i want to believe from all scenarios i've come across when your family are not aligned with what you want to do it's usually because they are looking out for you like more yeah. often than not probably up to 70 percent of times when people say oh my dad doesn't want me to do this or my friend he's been disturbing me he doesn't want me to go this place or stuff it's because they are looking out for you and they are trying to lead you to the right decision mm. so yeah so now it comes down to what about the few probably 30 percent of times when probably what you are thinking about is the right one so how do you navigate this situation yeah so mm. interesting one so for me for instance like i usually have layers of decision making so um i have my direct family i know these people care about me i discuss what i want to do or what i'm into with these people and i'm sure it doesn't align right I take it very personal to take it to other levels of other boundary discuss this with people who are more knowledgeable in this area of discussion hear from them am i am i is my opinion right whose opinion between me and these people that care about me whose opinion is more in line with the contemporary life you know so Usually, I often go back to my family to say, oh, I, I discussed this same issue we are, we are disagreeing about with this person, with this other person, these are their opinion. And because these people love you, they want to listen, they want to learn, they want to know whether or not they are making the best decisions for you. You see? So it becomes easier to reach a final decision of whether you want to go their way or they want to just watch you go your own way yeah now I, I hear that and uh, to your point um the the thing about the family is that you know what they are trying to do as you mentioned is to protect you they're doing it for your best interest however from your perspective in this scenario you know what is your best interest like you know where you want to go you know what is the correct thing to do um however the situation that they are going in um it's not beneficial to you but you know they are recommending that situation for your best interest so for me i feel um in that situation um the best thing to do is just going back to the point of building that family relationship not relying on the fact that you're relatives but building that two-way communication where 
you guys are both on the same page to communicate your ideas and your beliefs um, to, um, to one another in order to come to a consensus of where you're trying to go as a family unit, as a group of people that are taking care of each other. But if you see it from the perspective of um, I'm your family or relative in this situation, so obviously since you know what I'm trying to do is the best for you, you should just accept it and just go with that. Or, or if you reject it, it's kind of you rejecting me as family. But I feel like we should get out of that mindset and see it as family. Since family is the people that take care of you, you choose your family. So if we've chosen each other and we've decided to be a family unit, we have to be cohesive and communicate and collaborate and build that strong relationship to align our values and goals in the same direction in order to benefit. If we just have this lackadaisical attitude of, okay, this is my perspective and i've told you to do this and i'm telling you to do this because i'm your family and i care about you i'm trying to protect you but if you don't want to do it that's on you and uh, mm. this, you go your own way but we still remain family i feel that that's going to have a lot of dysfunctional behavior or dysfunctional outcomes in the future if we don't come to the point where we align and come to terms with what we are trying to do as this family unit has chosen ourselves because again we don't have to choose ourselves whether we're related or not related we don't have to choose ourselves to be in this family unit of taking care of each other so if we've agreed to be in this unit then we need to have those hard conversations and align okay you want us to go here i want us to go here this is the these are the facts this is information this is where we we both can see is the best place to go so let's align and go there let's not see it as I need to maintain my own opinion and you have to respect that because you know I'm doing it in your best interest when I can clearly see it's not in my best interest. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's very clear. Yeah. So, um, which brings us back to when we say people care about us and they, they want the best for us, how much do they do that? Like, how much do they really want the best for us? You know? And that was why... I, I, I made it sound easy, like, of course, if you say people care about you and it means they are your family, they, are, they always have the listening ear. And they, aside from wanting the best for you, they want to always maintain a good relationship with you. Like, and maintaining good relationship with people you really care about means you don't only care about what they become in the future or how good how much good decisions they are making you care about the future now and as well now right you care about how they reach this decision if i care about someone i don't want to coerce them into making a decision even if i am sure it is going to benefit them in the future i want to make them feel like they are as well a part of the decision making process you know i have like younger ones in my family that i mentor whenever they have issues or whenever they have they need to make a decision they reach out to me and stuff and i always make sure that when i give them when i advise them to do something it is in line with it's like a middle point of what i think is right and what they really wanted to do it's not only about what i think is right because I may think something is right, but it is not in line with what they want to do. And even though it may really be right, but if it is not what they want to do, it won't be right for them. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to find like an intersecting point. Try to put people we care about into our decision-making process. Like if people come to us as family and we feel like 
they have to do this this is what is going on in town this is what everybody must be doing we need to make sure we respect their thoughts we don't force anyone to do anything we you know and as well for the person taking in for the person on the receiving side we need to as well be sensitive about how we put our family into our decision making process right so it's it for i've seen situations where people are like oh i want to do this and then their family are like no we don't think that is right for you and they don't really they are not sensitive about how they make their family feel with regards to taking their opinions into um into their decision they just go ahead to say oh no i'm not going to do this and i don't care about making you feel good about whether or not i do it i, I want to do it i'm just going to do what is on my mind yeah and i agree i agree with that point you made about the the empathy of you being given the advice to someone because you might recognize yes from my perspective this is the right thing to do but if I have empathy for this person who I consider family, who I'm giving this advice to, I would also look at it from their perspective and understand that, yes, I might tell you the best thing for me to do is work out six days a week. However, that might not be the best thing for you to do. And it's for me to have that empathy of if I'm giving that advice, understanding, yes, okay, this advice might not be taken to my letter. Because the person obviously has to modify it to their own perspective, from their own perspective. So having that empathy to not see it as a type of way, like if you really care about this person, then this person taking your advice, modifying your advice, even not even using your advice at all, is not a rejection of your right. relationship. Right. Is if you had empathy, then you understand that from that person's perspective, this doesn't work for them. So they still have to make that decision from that from that side. So. It, it 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 has to be both it has to be uh the person receiving the advice understanding what's best for them but also you giving the advice understanding that you're giving them the advice from what you believe should be the best for the person so it, the ultimate goal is the thing that's best for the person not the thing that you want to be the best for yeah. the person because right. that might not necessarily right. be the right. same case so as yeah. well um it is important that we care about people not only when they do what we ask them to do, right? So it's it's it has happened a few times where you say, um, I think you shouldn't do this. You care about someone so much. You could see from your own point of view that the decision they are trying to make is like a terrible one. And you tried your best to to stop them from making this decision. So what do you do? If they made this decision and then afterwards it turned out to be a wrong one they accepted it's a wrong decision what what actions do you take afterwards mm. right like yeah. yeah so post the decision making process they didn't take your decision and then it turned out to be a terrible one everyone found oh they didn't follow your decision then what they went to do aside is like a bad idea i mean for me, for my, I don't know, I'm laughing. <laughs> for my perspective, <laughs> the reason I'm laughing is I was thinking like, uh, there's this joke me I have. If my son ends up working in McDonald's and I give him all the advice in the world, I, if you end up working in McDonald's, that's on you, bro. If, if I gave my son advice, yo, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And he's like, nah, I don't want to do it. And he ends up 
in a messed up situation, I don't feel I'm obliged to do anything about it because that's his decision. However, in all seriousness, um, for me, if, if we consider ourselves family and I give you advice or a certain direction or strategy to go by and you, from your own perspective, did not go with it or try to modify it to your own way and it didn't work out, if the way you did it was still respectful and showed empathy for me back being your family and it was i genuinely appreciate this advice but from this position i'm looking at it this is not how i think it's going to work out and they made a fair gamble like a fair justified gamble but it didn't work out i wouldn't take it as a type of way because my commitment as family is to still take care of you so if it doesn't work out of course i'm gonna come have your back and we're going to walk out from the next situation. I don't like this. I told you mentality. I told you that. Nah, nah, nah. If you didn't walk out because you made a fair good judgment that just didn't happen to come by, even if it was against my decision, I still have to have your back as family. However, if you did it in the opposite way, if you were disrespectful, if you dis- disregarded it, <laughs> back to the joke about my son, if he didn't care about what I was saying, I thought he knew all the stuff and didn't show the empathy for me giving the advice, Aye, man, all the best. Like, <laughs> I've I've gone through my life. I've done my own test and my own stuff. This is your own test. I'm not going to write the exam for you. You have to write the exam yourself. So if it doesn't work out for you, it doesn't work out for you. I'm not going to carry that burden on my head. So yeah, That's yeah. right. So we just have to, if we feel like people are our family, we just have to always be with them. Like, we have, we, we have to stay there for them, irrespective of whether or not they do things our way or not if they right? if they go about it the right way if they're if they're honest and fair about how they took the advice if it was i hear you but i genuinely don't think this is the right thing for me to do and it was a fair choice fair gamble but it didn't work out i wouldn't feel a type of way i'll still come for your back but it's it's only on that caveat if you don't do it in that way then to me you're rejecting my family benefits so i'll start seeing as a relative i'll start mm. Since you're rejecting the family benefits, why would I keep giving it to you? So if you're a relative that doesn't work out, I it didn't work out. You didn't listen to me. You didn't care about what I said. You disrespected what I said. <laughs> what that am I makes supposed sense. to do? Yeah. That makes sense. So another interesting thing, uh, interesting question popped into my thinking. So um, to what extent should we place responsibility on people that guide us, people, our mentors, people that advise us? So say someone, um, say someone advised advised me to be a computer scientist, be a programmer, right? And then they convinced me beyond reasonable doubt that it's the best thing to do. And then I went, spent a lot of years training myself in this line, and it didn't work well. Yeah. To what extent should I, like, say they are responsible? They are responsible for my failure. That's a good question, and. Um it goes back to the point of you also have to take responsibility in your own path uh, or direction and understand that your family they are giving you advice because they want the best for you but it's not necessarily advice that is the best for you so you should still take it under your context and review it meaning if if it's good advice and it works in your context take the advice if it's good advice but meh, you need to modify a little bit modify it it's okay if it's good advice but it doesn't work in your context it's bad advice so reject it and from that situation if it was good advice i thought it worked in my context which is why i adopted it 
then and it, but it didn't work out in the end i wouldn't feel any type of way like that's still no that has nothing to do with our relationship because i know you are genuinely giving me good advice and i did my homework and i also thought it was good advice so i did it now if i didn't do my homework and i just took the advice and just went and did it and then it didn't work out that's on me because i didn't do the homework to it's like uh you're driving and someone is giving you directions but you're not double checking as the driver your it's your responsibility to double check you can't just say you're the the person the person just say oh you told me to go here obviously i might have been wrong which is why you in the driver's seat because i always say this right everything that happens to you you have the biggest benefit or the biggest loss no matter how much other people invested your family no matter how much they invested in your outcome you would um you would encounter the biggest benefit out of that situation or the biggest loss so you should always maintain that responsibility of making the final decision making sure if you're going with the advice if you're modifying the advice or if you're rejecting the advice it's coming from like after you've done the homework and you're sure that's the decision you want to make i like your answer but i'll twist the question one other way around so i like that your answer is more like going into the perspective of being positive taking responsibility for your own life like whatever it is no matter how people tell you to do this if you do it you should always take responsibility for the outcome which is actually a good mindset of life right taking responsibility it takes people to places so now let's turn it the other way around let's say you are the one giving the advice you are the motivator so when you give people advice and then after five years it turns out to be the best thing probably you are you you say oh you saw someone playing football and you're like wow you're really good i think you should quit school and go play this football big time and then the guy is like the new Messi. to a very large extent when you go to the pub and you're like i told this guy to join football and then you're you're very proud of your own advice like right you take responsibility for it you're like oh wow i've done amazing stuff so what happens if this guy took your advice because of football to play football and then probably got his leg broken and then now he's shit to what extent do you how take do responsibility how do you feel like do you still advice? do you take the way you would take responsibility for giving him that good advice would you take responsibility for messing up his life i would take responsibility for the advice so obviously i gave you advice because i thought it was good we've now reviewed it it wasn't a good advice my bad that was not obviously the correct advice so in the future i'm going to modify the advice that's the responsibility i'm taking i'm going to modify the advice in the future but i wouldn't take responsibility of the situation because you had to do your homework even if i gave you the advice you still had to do your homework to make sure the advice i'm giving is right for you another scenario i have again with my kid is if i gave him all those great advice and he adopted it, but still ended up in McDonald's. Die, tough luck, bro. <laughs> yo, yo, that's what I'm saying. Like, even I, I, on God, I would tell my kids this: everything I'm giving you, all the advice I'm giving you, is the blueprint from my perspective. Everything I'm giving you is things I believe or I know worked for me. Now I'm giving this advice because if it worked for me, I'm hoping or I'm expecting it to work for you too however it's not a guarantee so make sure you still do your homework because if you don't and it doesn't work for you i'm not involved 
I'm gonna be on some island with my wives and our girlfriends, <laughs> chilling. Yeah. I ain't looking after your stuff, man. So if you come back and say, "Oh, dad ruined my life," oh, a lot of dads have ruined lives, man. I'm just saying. Right, right. But <laughs> yeah, I mean that's how I say it. Like you still have to do the homework of um, looking after yourself, like making sure that like, back to the point of you get the most benefit, you get the most loss. Even if I give you the greatest advice, it still comes down to you. Make sure it's your final decision. Make sure you're comfortable with, with, with that decision and own it. Whether it goes right or wrong. Yeah. Okay, that's, that, that, that also means um, it is important that people who... You know, there are a few set of people in our community where that, or in our family that find themselves to be those who others look up to as mentors right like in your family you probably have that one person not because they are older than all other people or because they are they have more degree people just find them to have to be like to be wise and then everyone seems to want to have their opinion about everything that is going on in their life so for this set of people it is important for this set of people to take further steps to learn how to advise people and how to guide people so it is important for you know for i always like caution myself from having to tell people to do a or b like should i go to school or not should i get a degree or not should i take this job or not you know i often find myself running away from helping people make those kinds of decisions what i want to do is guide people towards making the best decisions they want like what they want to do like usually before people come to you to say should i do a or b they have something in their mind they really wanted to do all you have to do is to listen take more longer time instead of just going in 50 seconds saying oh yeah a is better i think b is better if you take longer time listen to them and ask them questions around what they wanted to do or around what they want for their life you would hear from them giving you reasons why they want to do things and if you advise them in that line it will probably be a better decision than just from your own perspective only from your own knowledge saying do a or b yeah i think being a good mentor has to come with experience and empathy like, if you don't have the experience, you can't be a good mentor. But if you don't have empathy as well, you can't be, like, if you're giving me advice just because you like the sound of your voice when you're giving me advice, that makes no sense. If you're giving me advice, it has to be genuine for my best interest. So the people in those positions, as you've, as you've described, in the family unit, where they know they're the role models or they know they're the leaders of the family, they have to give the right advice. It's on them to be accountable and responsible to know I have to make sure I'm giving the um, the best advice for this person in this situation. I, I can't be reckless or careless with that responsibility and just think I'm the leader, you should do everything I say. Because, again, if you're taking on that responsibility of being the leader, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a responsibility, it's a job. You have to make sure you're doing it well. There's no point taking on that responsibility if you're not planning to do it well. So you have to take it seriously and make sure you're still giving the best advice that you believe is right but again it's from the perspective of the person not your perspective yeah yeah so yeah i think yeah i mean i, I just 
believe that Africans need to take this um, context of family and the context of relatives and the context of how we interact as a family unit more seriously and understand that we family has to be a unit it can't just be a group of people it has to be a unit those people have to move as one if they're not moving as one it loses the essence of being family if we're just everybody just going on their own way doing their own thing but just because we have the same last name or we lived in the same household we need to bound bind ourselves by this family then i don't think it's healthy so either we come together and align ourselves in the right path we want to go or we decide is what is my just relatives and keep it cool keep it blessed keep it positive no rudeness no disregard but we're all going in different sections and we just need to keep it there so um i need to help us i recommend we go with the family units and make sure everyone aligns because good family structures builds good communities and that's what we need in our society good strong communities and but if you have a situation where families are fragmented where people live in the individually it's easy for them to get emancipated to the wider society or the government where they actually they have no direction in life and and you have situations where it's very easy for people to get oppressed it's like um the old nigerian saying uh, or Igbo saying if you it's easy to break a broomstick alone but it's hard to break it in a bunch of a broom yeah. so if you live individually and emancipate yourself from the family to the wider society or the government it's easy for the government to oppress you if other people to oppress you or break you or live in this situation but if you have a strong family unit which builds a strong community unit then you're safer but it has to be built it can't just be guaranteed yeah. or a thing or, like you or just a name the name yeah. that we all just have the same name or the same great grandfather no, no, it doesn't work like that we all have to come to the same page and make it work all sides or both sides or i mean probably you guys have an amount of people that are involved you want to say anything else for a multi other topic um so um our next topic is um burnout as a contemporary issue um of course everyone in this our current age group must have either complained that they are tired or they are exhausted or they are burnout. The word burnout is popular now. So, or at least if you, even if you've never complained about it, someone has reached out to you to say, oh, I think I'm exhausted. I think I can't do this any longer. So, we are going to be discussing about it. And in the line of whether or not burnout is just something that has to do with our generation or is it a contemporary issue that is just coming about now or it is just a natural part of life is it normal for people to burn out is it like something that happens to everyone or is it something that is only happening now knowing whether or not it is only happening now or it has always happened before probably would help us to on to take it part of our life better you know take it in digest it and just work with it because it's just normal yeah you know? um yeah that's a that's a good good um good topic of conversation how would you dis- define burnout in this context so, yeah so burnout in this context is someone who it's for humans burnout is just like a situation where you are just exhausted or you feel 
very less motivated to just be productive. You are just unproductive as compared to how you used to be. Like if we compare it to a battery, a battery being depleted so much that it's just not rechargeable any longer. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that definition because you touched on the battery getting depleted to a point where it cannot be recharged anymore. It's not just the battery getting depleted because some batteries can get depleted but get recharged. But burnout is to the point where you can't get recharged anymore. So based on that definition, are people in society actually experiencing burnout? Because if if it's truly burnout, you should get to this situation where um, you can't come back. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, so you just can't do it any yeah, longer. Yeah, you can't do it But then, longer. like, the, the, the way I want us to look at, look, at, look at it is not in the way where a path of no return for humans. So if we take it into the perspective of a battery, a battery was charged. Now it's been used over and over again and it can't be charged again. Probably we can say it can never be charged again, right? So for humans, we want to look at burnout in the perspective that usually when you work from Monday to Friday, you recharge during the weekend. But then you get to a point where you now work from Monday to Friday, but over the weekend, you can't recharge. You come back to work on Monday and you just feel like, no, I don't want to do this. Right. So, but it is not the part, the, the point where you come back on Monday, you feel like, no, I can't do this any longer. And you feel like I can never do this any longer. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So in that context is the conversation around the lack of the ability to recharge. Because if we, let's say you walk through the week, but you're able to recharge on the weekends, you're not going to experience burnout. That's just exhaustion that's just right. as in your if you work obviously you're going to lose energy the yeah. same way the battery if the so battery works natural, you're going to lose right? energy yeah. so that's not really burnout so if burnout comes from the fact that if you continue working without any opportunity to recharge then you get to that point of no return of burnout so is that is is that a conversation of what we experience and let's even put it from an african setting right from an african perspective as a lot of melanated people how um what what are the avenues would we experience like will we get to the point um in the sense of like different factors right someone can have um take for example burnout from work so a parent can have burnout from raising children yes. so from an african perspective how can we experience burnout from that african perspective like even being africans in the diaspora like a point where okay this context that we are in being Africans in this new world or being Africans in the diaspora, if we are unable to recharge, if we are always getting depleted just by dealing with the normal social contexts we have to deal with, but there's no opportunity to recharge, is, is there a conversation of where we actually reach this point of burnout where someone can't just do it anymore, like someone will snap? That is true. So... Um uh it makes it easier for people to burn out when they are outside their um like usual environment like people coming like people live in the diaspora the weather is different the people have it makes it severe when people are not close to people that care about them like their family yeah 
and like people in diaspora the weather people not being close to their family people not used to the condition of work they are currently experiencing it makes it easier for these people to burn out so now the interesting the, the interesting discussion around this is is this natural have people always been burning out like when we think about 50 years ago we think about 100 years ago is it is it normal for like our ancestors let's say probably um a century ago is it normal for people to burn out when they walk or when they engage in activities or is it something that is only re- happening recently um from the perspective of getting to the point of I can't do it anymore. I'll say yes. There have been quite a number of people that have burnt out in through history and through time. And I even argue that even nowadays, when you see that's some people, that's some certain people you see on the streets who you can tell they're done. Like some some people might maybe go down on their luck and they're homeless for a while, but they're still actively trying to come out of that situation. But there are some people that they don't really care. They are done. They're on the streets. Yeah. They know this is me for the rest of my life. Even to the level of um, people that have gone uh, badly down the path of drug addiction, where it comes down to a situation where, you know what, this is me now. I would argue that those people have reached the point of burnout where there's no, because they were not getting recharged, there was no um, avenue for them to bounce back. So, they've gone to that battery analogy where it's been drained to the point you can't really bring them back into society so they've just burnt out so i would argue those people in society now have burnt out and if there are people like that now um i would believe that there have been people through history that have gone to that point from different contexts might not just be the modern situation we're dealing with with social media technology the new world order globalization and all this stuff um, it might just be whatever context we're dealing with in that time, like where they go to the point of, you know what, I'm just going to be this kind of person in society where I'm done. I don't have to try. I'm just living pretty much like uh, in their natural state, like animals live. Yeah. <laughs> Not mean that disrespectfully, but like for an animal, it's just wake up, eat, shit, sleep, do it, reproduce, go again. You get there's no... Without any push to be push to do anything yeah yeah Yeah. so they've reached that level and just going through the um going through the 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 phases so yeah i would argue it happens now and it's probably been happening i I agree with you like there are a few mentions in like old religious books like the bible or the quran of prophets burning out like saying to god i'm tired i can't do this again moses noah these are very good examples of really strong and highly motivated um prophets who have complained about burnout which actually makes it date back to so many years ago right uh so that means it has always been happening and so now do we is it right to say that people are easily burning out now than usual because if you read into history you probably will hear that someone burns out after working three years for on his own personal business and then having to work late nights uh, working in the office during work hours and then having to work late nights they did that for three years and then now they feel so tired they feel burnt out and stuff 
but these days you probably get you, you you probably have a friend who got a job just two months ago and then they're already complaining and not only complaining you could see that this person can't carry on any longer so is it more is it worse now are there anything are there things we are doing that is making it like worse for us i mean there might be um there might be i believe um social media um the pervasion if that's a word of the levels of instant gratification we have in our society now context of sugar like sugar is instant gratification so people with weight issues you have social media which is instant gratification you have um, technology which allows for a lot of easy yeah easy access yeah. To, to stuff so we are definitely um processing events or situations in life at a much higher rate so if our level of consumption has increased due to just situation modernity like information processed sugar all those kind of things then obviously the level of recharge that we would require would need to improve as well. So if the level of recharge that we would require to avoid burnout has not caught up with the level of instant gratification, then it would be more likely that people would experience burnout much quicker than they used to before. So now you have a situation where someone has been in a job for two months. Normally, in our parents would say, oh, I had this job for 30 years, but in two mm -hmm. months, someone can't do it anymore. That might be a factor of, Things are coming so much more faster, but the rate of rest is not coming as, as quicker, which I would argue we should go to four-day work weeks, but that's a separate conversation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would say in the in, in there are situations where the rate of burnout will be increased in modern society. However, there's still chances where it's a cop-out for people. Like, people are just jumping on a trend in order to avoid accountability or responsibility of what it means to do hard work because hard work like we said if burnout is not to the point where you're depleted to no return if burnout is just losing energy then that's normal everybody loses energy like by nature of work you're going to lose energy that's what work is energy over distance mm -hmm. so you have to lose energy so if you're losing energy and then complaining oh i've lost energy i'm burnt out you're not burnt out you lost energy, you're exhausted, you're tired. If you go recharge, do the things you're supposed to do, recharge, walk out, eat right, sleep well, um, take time to yourself, meditate, then you bounce back and you'll be able to do this thing for a longer period. But if you're not doing that and you're just bailing from the smallest level of drop, then to me that's a cop-out to claim that you're burnt out because burnt out should really be the point of, like we said with the people on the street, who are just done. I'm done out here. There's nothing you can do to convince me. I'm not going back. So uh, I think it's a combination of both in our society. Yeah, I agree with you. So um, <clears throat> because people kind of mention, people claim, like too many people claim to be burnt out these days. It makes it even difficult to have a good discussion around it. Like, for instance, in Sweden, um, people take it so important when you say you're burnt out so much that you could take a paid leave, a sick leave, just given and uh, with the reason I'm burnt out and I need to go recharge. But of course, a lot of other societies would want to implement similar acts just to, you know, make it easier for people to work, work-life balance and stuff. 
But then it's uneasy because how do we know when people really burn out? What is the definition of burnout? So from our current discussion, we've probably discussed burnout as the fa- as a situation where um people don't engage in healthy situ- healthy you know healthy life they don't have a healthy life like we've said or not eating healthy not exercising and all those as part of it and then also we've discussed burnout as um as a a situation where people are have inconvenient like they are in they are inconvenient like probably people traveling to places where it's not their convenient zone the weather is not favorable for them they are not used to the work pattern and stuff and then pro- another point another way we could discuss burnout is relating it to productivity it's a good point to say um people burn out these days because a lot is expected of them like unlike before right today a 25 year old is expected to have a home of his own to have a good job of his own to have his life figured out and all that and before probably you will be 35 and you still don't have answers to a lot of things and the society doesn't really put a lot of pressure on you to get these things right so it's more like our brain these days works a lot faster we are always thinking about things that in the past it would probably take someone till 40 before they start thinking about it but you see a 22 year old currently thinking about those things so can is it possible to relate burnout to being trying to be productive overdoing things like you studying too hard or working too hard or you know does it make sense to think about burnout as to um as something that that is related to productivity yeah i would would say you can look at it from that perspective um if people are if people are working at a harder rate or faster rate than they did before but not recharging at a harder rate or a faster rate than they did before as well then um obviously it's gonna go to burnout so take for example um the analogy you gave before if in the past there were certain issues that it took people um, maybe to do a 35 to um, think about it. Um, but we are experiencing that at a faster rate. Maybe someone is thinking about all those things at 22. Then obviously that person is likely to reach the end or the, the what they call it, the candle wicks end much, yeah. quicker, much quicker, burn out like a candle, um, much quicker. So, um, yeah, I would say is that um, it, you can relate it to productivity where the level of production has gone up in society in general. That's just one of the byproducts of modernity. Every, all the good things are coming faster, but all the bad things also come faster as well. So knowing that fact and knowing um, just the situation of what we're experiencing means things are coming at a faster rate. So if we're doing, uh, if we're engaging with harder or faster levels of productivity, we're going to burn out quicker. I think we should look at... Um, increasing the rates of rest as well like going back again to the point of the four-day work week it doesn't necessarily mean um people are are becoming lazier because the rest time has to increase it's just dealing with the fact that since things are moving faster things are moving harder 
in order to avoid burnout, the rest has to be faster and the rest has to be harder as well. Like the, the break times, you can't increase the level of productivity but reduce the level of rest. That will obviously make the burnout um, come, faster. come faster. So, yeah, I, I'd say that makes sense. That's right. That's right. So, um, so in our current society, can we relate it to people not being religious? People not being religious. Yeah, are very so let's interesting. Bring it in. So yes. Um. On. So, in the past, let's say, let's take, of course, currently in Africa, uh, like probably ninety percent of people are still religious. Isn't it? But let's take the Western world as an example, mm. like the developed world. Um, forty years ago around 75% of family of homes belong to one religious unit or the other, usually Christianity. They belong in one church or the other, statistically. But now it's reduced so much that it's less than 40. Only about 40% of... But what was the first step? What was the first step? Yeah, it's that around 70, 50, like 50 years ago, Around 70% okay, of 70, okay, people yeah. belong to one church group or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And generally, we could just generalize it as religious group or the other. But now, we have just about 40% of people. And it means, as time, time goes on, a lot and lot more people are becoming less and less religious. Like putting themselves in these um, religious scenes, right? And as we have discussed, one of the good ways to reduce burnout is to meditate, um, uh, spend more time with people that care about you and that you care about, do more of the things that you like to do, do less of the things you don't like to do, eat less, eat healthy and stuff. And... It's interesting to find that most of these things we are talking about that could help burnout is are the things that as one some of the benefits that people that are religious get like meditating. It's we can relate it so close to praying, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So do can is it fair to say that people are becoming more burning out way faster now because they are becoming less religious. Mm, that's an interesting one. Um, if people are practicing religion in the um, in the manner that you've described it, if they are using their religious experiences as a respite, as a point where to take a break from their normal daily struggles, um, then yes, I would say lack of being religious or having those routine religious practices or principles will obviously allow you to get burnt out more quickly however the caveat to the counter argument i'll make is people could still have those religious practices without necessarily being part of a religion so take for example someone who's committed every saturday to go for a three o'clock game for his team that's a religious practice and that gives him respite from the rest of the normal everyday things he deals with from from his week from monday to friday so the fact that he has that routine religious practice in quotes that routine practice of going to a football game would obviously prevent him from having burnout because it's giving him respite 
the count the other side that to mention is some people are not actually getting respite from their religious practices like the people who are religious in the traditional sense or in the conventional sense they are not getting respite because th those religious practices add more stress onto them the, the amounts of the the way they practice their religion in terms of their commitment to things they have to do on their days of worship or how they have to behave in their society might not be things that haven't aligned with them but they are just forced to do because that's the situation they go with. that will not help Probably them because of fear fear maybe and not love yeah that would make them not have a rest by for me so i would argue that would make them burn out much quicker if they adopted that so i would say from the context of religious practices being um healthy in the sense of what we talked about meditation mindfulness controlling your mind controlling your body making sure your mind is healthy making sure your body is healthy making sure your finances are healthy and make sure the people around you are healthy having that that routine religious habit would help you ease off or prevent burnout but if you're just having religious practices from the name of what religion is i'm going to church every sunday even if i don't believe in going to church imagine someone he doesn't believe in going to church. He was out on a Saturday night till 6 a.m. But just has to go to church because he's expected to go to church. That's not going to give him rest by. That's going to make him burn out much quicker. So his religious practices was going clubbing. So if you focus on that, I believe that will give you more rest by than forcing on the religion stuff. So I, I get what you're saying. I do agree to an extent is there is benefit to having strong religious practices, but not necessarily in the conventional sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's more like taking religion as it is, not like it has been painted. Mm. Yeah, like using religion in the right way to, you know, be more healthy, do right by people, and you know, expecting less from people and all that. It makes sense, and not really with the way it is now, like with the way we take it now, which is actually very valid. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah and uh just to tie all back to the african perspective um for us dealing with um born out from the afrocentric experience um either being africans post-colonialism or just being africans in the diaspora um there's obviously and dealing with modern society the rates that we are going experiencing yeah. all those daily issues will obviously make us um approach burnout much quicker so we need to be mindful and conscious of that fact and also and always remember to have whatever respite is we need whether it's through your religion or through different practices that you made or even if it's whatever thing you need to do that's going to give you a break from all this if it's going off social media if it's hanging around with people from your community if it's maintaining i don't know just something something from your ex from something positive in your life to keep you grounded on and recharged um i think is more very necessary for us africans in order to avoid us going through burnout because we might only be focusing on burnout from the work perspective but we might not be noticing burnout from the other aspects of social life which we can't avoid like no matter how much we try to ignore it you can't avoid what we are and what we're exper experiencing not necessarily in a negative context of being africans in the diaspora is just it is what it is yeah. you are africans yeah. in the diaspora yeah. going back to even the example you gave the weather even if everybody is not racist everything is fine the weather is just not suited for us like we have a, a higher chance of getting um depressed 
based on the lack of sun because we have some heavy melanin. Yeah, to, so yeah. yeah. Um, so you always have to look at things from that perspective and then remember to um, be mindful of how to get your recharge and make sure that yeah. Which, um, um, bounce it back. makes the claim that although it may not be true that um, Africans in diaspora burn out or become more depressed than the actual home people here, people who are home here, it is probably true that people who leave their home from Africa, come down here to live here, become usually become born out way faster or become depressed than the people who are their counterparts back home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so which builds about the fact that we have to, you know, be sensitive about this issue. We mm. have to know that if you're here or you're planning to move here, you have to know this is something that could happen and you have to put in place things to like to do to fight away you know the possibility of this happening yeah 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 most definitely most and definitely. yeah so um brings me to say what should like africans in diaspora engage in what, what are those things can we like discuss into those things we can do to make life easier for ourselves um i would say what if if you're if obviously the context of this burnout is the is the is the displacement from your typical African experience, that's mm-hmm. obviously what is causing you to burn out more. The fact that you're not growing up in the climate or you're learning living in the climate you used to, you're not around the people you used to, you're not around the culture you used to, you're not around the technology you used to, you're not around everything that you used to. Yeah. Then having the regular routine practice back to that religion thing of things that is positive from what you're used to will be good so let's say if the things that were positive was you used to go to um, african parties or you have this kind of things we do this african setting conversations where people are just uh, chopping it up on the table or if it's eating african food whatever it is you need to remind yourself um to always make out time to do those things, whether it's watching African movies, listening to African music, anything that gives you that respite from the non-typical African experience that you're currently experiencing, then you need to um, remember to go back to those things that are positive and always keep it routinely in your pattern in order to um, help you recharge and prevent burnout. Yeah, yeah that's that's very valid and. Um, it's very important to emphasize that I don't think anyone can live happily or survive life in the right way without having a routine. Yeah. Routines are very important. You know, like you have to know the time to wake up. You have to know the time to sleep. It's not like you have to do it every day, but mm. you you have to train your brain in such a way that it knows the right time to do stuff. You have yeah. to, you know, you, you have to, I personally built a routine around sports, around, you know, the time to meditate, the time to walk, the time to sleep. It's not like I always do these things, you know, but mm-hmm. the fact that my brain knows that this is what we should be doing right now. This is not what we should be doing. Probably helps me to go about my daily life a lot easier you know yeah. I, I used to play I, I used to engage in a lot of sports back home and now here i made sure to like reintegrate it back into my life which is why i think a lot of people are missing there are a lot of things they really care about they used to do back home but because they are here 
just throw it away and try to integrate into new things in life super fast you could probably do it in like 10 years easily transit into this new way of life but just waking up one day and saying oh i used to do this for 20 years now i don't want to do it any longer i want to just do that it's probably not going to work out most times doesn't work out yeah that's true i mean they say the brain is a slave to repetition so repeated activities is optimal for the way the brain works so if you come out of a pattern of repeated activity let's say like you say you've been doing something for 10 years 20 years and then all of a sudden you just think you want to stop it's going to be very difficult to do that so and also if you think you're just going to be successful or productive but living in a um in an unstructured way like a non-routine way it's not going to work because your brain needs that repetition your brain needs that um continuous repeated um levels of activity so yeah it is optimal and, and very essential and important to have routines for yourself like just things you do but make sure your routine covers the things you need to do and the things that you um happy to do you're happy to that's a very yeah. great way of putting it the things you need to do and the things you're happy to do because that's the way to to keep that nice balance and avoid burnout so yeah, yeah it's yeah, yeah. funny you 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 probably should find a balance between oh probably the things that make you look healthy and that you're happy doing maybe you just enjoy playing dodgeball or something yeah yeah and not Oh, I'm happy to just eat and sleep in the, in the yeah. house. It's, I mean, yeah. yeah, once in a while, you can have a day where you do eat and do sleep because if the brain is a slave to repetition, having one off kind of um, one uh, anomalous um, situation wouldn't throw your, throw yeah, your brain yeah. um, out of sync. So if you, let's say, you've gone into the habit of working out, eating right doing all those things six days a week uh, and that's your routine but one of the days you do the thing you're happy to do which is sleep and eat i don't think that's going to put you in a problematic situation yeah. so your brain wouldn't so your brain wouldn't non-function on that so it is important to do add those things that you're happy to do in your in your routine and right, your schedule right, so right. yeah so long as the balance is kept yeah yeah, yeah. that's been kept yeah. and you have to be um, honest, responsible, and accountable to yourself because it's up to you to do it. Like no one else is. If people, if you're thinking um, someone is going to enforce it on you, it's not going to. It's not going to happen. There's, that's something that you just have to do. We are the only ones that are truly responsible to take care of our minds. Some people can help, but it's not their responsibility. So mm. if you don't take care of it it won't take care of itself nothing like it's just gonna um phase out so yeah you need to definitely take that serious and uh, take that on board um yeah so yeah to, to to cover things up um uh so burnout of course is contemporary it's becoming way more popular people are burning out more faster not only because they are talking about it or looking for um excuses it's because it is happening and we've discussed reasons why this is happening which we've mentioned internet the way of life instant gratification and all that and as well we've discussed around ways people can you know things people can implement to mitigate 
you know um the effect of burnout or um like getting depressed which we mentioned very importantly eating right um engaging in activities that make you happy genuinely happy as well um keeping a routine which of course helps as well yeah yeah so yeah hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode um uh, next episode we'll get the full crew back uh, probably have some new special guests on as well so make sure you stay tuned for that um, as usual remember to like subscribe um, follow us on Instagram uh, we appreciate all the support we've been receiving so far all the people liking and sharing it um, we appreciate you thank you so um, hopefully you guys keep enjoying the content and keep coming back uh, any yeah. final words for me yeah. thank you all see you soon Alright, cool. But it is the podcast. Goodbye.